Welcome to Indie Matters, the podcast from the Nevada Independent. I'm your host, Joey Lovato. And I'm your co-host, Alex Kuro. And Alex, uh, for the last episode of the year, that's right, we're taking next week off for Christmas. We are going to be talking to all of the reporters on the Indie staff about their favorite pieces that they got to report on this year. We've got a lot of people to talk to, so let's just jump right into it. Yeah, I'm really excited. There's been some amazing stories of the Indie this year. Well, the first person to be uh, talking to us about their favorite thing in the year is Rocio Hernandez, our education reporter. Rocio, thank you for joining me today and for being the first person to talk about their favorite thing of the year. So education, always kind of crazy. You're very busy um, all the time. But what was your favorite thing that you got to report on this year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always such a crazy, busy beat. There's so many things to write about and there's never a shortage of story ideas. But over November, Thanksgiving week, I got to write about a school in Northern Nevada, Smith Valley School, uh, where they have a student-run turkey farm. And so this is a story that I've been looking to do since I think last year. I heard about it a while ago, and I heard the superintendent of Lyon County School District talk about this student-run turkey farm that they do every year, and the students will raise turkeys as chicks. And then, you know, right before Thanksgiving, they'll work on processing them, you know, like mainly learning how to put an animal down, or I guess in this case, process them for Thanksgiving meal. The students will pluck the, the feathers off the turkeys and just get do all the things, cleaning the insides to get them ready for pickup for dinner. Our photographer was able to go in person and we took photos and they did videos and it just looks amazing. Like It's really impressive to see how much work goes into turkey processing and to see students doing it themselves and like getting all this hands-on experience is really great. One of the photos that I really liked that a photographer got was a group of elementary school students. And you could hear their little voices in the videos that he sent over that they wanted to see how a turkey gets killed. And then the next photo, you'll see like their shocked faces and like some of them were just like, ah, and it was just so sweet to see that. But like we were talking with the students about like how that's the reality of like, that's where your food comes from. And like most of us that like, just get it at the grocery store, we don't think about all the things that went into getting us that ham or that meat that we're going to eat. Well, that story came out on November 23rd for those listening. So if you want to go back and find that story, uh, Lyon County students run Turkey Farm, serving up lessons on business and agricultural skills. I am now here with our gaming reporter and business reporter, Howard Stutz. Howard, it seems like you're kind of our sports reporter now, too, as of this year. <laughs> yeah, the Oakland A's pretty much took up a good part of my life in 2023. It will probably take up a good part of my life in 2024. <laughs> you wear many hats here at the Indy, but as a senior reporter, you know, we're always excited to hear from you. You know, let's let's hear about your favorite thing that you got to do this year at the Indy. Well, obviously, covering what, everything going on with the A's stadium was, was, was you know, being involved with that, with the legislature, with Tabitha and Jacob and Sean. But I think my favorite story from the whole A's stadium situation was Dave Calvert and I went to Oakland in early August and went to two games just to see real fans. And we walked around and I talked to a lot of fans about what their thoughts are about the team, you know, leaving Oakland, going to Las Vegas. I mean, these are very passionate sports fans. It was heartbreaking talking to them, but it was, but it was also very rewarding for myself, Dave, and the Indy to be able to tell that side of the story. What I mean, we talked a lot about the move to Vegas, the legislative issues and the, the site issues and all that, but we were able to tell the side of the fans that are going to lose their team that's been their team for over 50 years, 57 years now. 
that's what that's really why I was really glad to do that. So yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. That one came out on August 20th. And if you want to search for the story, it's called It Absolutely Hurts. Oakland fans lament possible loss of the A's to Las Vegas. The next person that's going to tell us uh, about some of their favorite stories that they've gotten to report on this year is Janelle Calderon, our reporter in Las Vegas. Janelle, how's it going? Hi, Joey. Happy to be here. Yeah, so earlier this year, I got to talk with some Latina entrepreneurs at this monthly breakfast they hold with the UNR Extension program here in Las Vegas. It's interesting because it's helped by UNR, but also it's helping women create networks and support each other as supporting system. You know, they're not on their own trying to just make this business happen. They have each other and they can go through this journey together. I thought that was really cool and really inspiring, especially because a lot of them are immigrants and just trying to push their families forward. Yeah. And that story's headline uh, was Networking Group for Latinas Helping Vegas Mom Reach Her Entrepreneurial Dreams. That, that published in May on May 14th. Okay, cool. Well, next up, I am talking with reporter Nyoka Foreman. Nyoka, thanks for, for joining me today to talk about your favorite story that you reported on this year. Thank you for having me. The one that I'm going to talk about right now is called Black Nevadans Reconnect with Family Trees that Were Extremely Interrupted by Slavery. And I wrote this story in February. It was published in March. It was a group. They were having a meeting with people who searched their African heritage and searched their family trees, researched their family trees. And it was hosted by Minister Stretch Sanders, and he had been researching his family history for 10 years. What the group talked about was the struggles and the beauty of searching your your family history as a Black American and how families were affected by slavery and still are affected by slavery because the history was interrupted by the transatlantic slave trade. And while covering this, I got some valuable information for myself on how to search my family history and the different ways that folks can go about it. So some folks might be able to search national databases. Black folks didn't have the ability to do that until 1870. That's when Black folks started being counted in the U.S. census. They were also talking about using AfricanAncestry.com to find your tribal roots in Africa instead of just tracing, okay, how, how much percentage of you is Nigerian, Cameroonian? Because it's very important to find out what your tribal roots are because then you can find out your cultural heritage. Well, I am here with reporter Carly Savageo. Carly, you are going to tell us what your favorite story was this year. And I think I have a guess because, you know, off mic, you have expressed to everyone on staff that your favorite thing to do is profiles. So let's see if I was right on that. <laughs> you are correct, Joey. Much like also last year, my favorite story was a profile unplanned. But this year, my favorite story is also a profile. It is the Carolyn Goodman profile that published in mid-November this year. Yeah, it was titled, I Am Who I Am, Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman, Known for Downtown Renewal speaking her mind and you published that in November. It's a great profile. You got to you got to interview the mayor of Las Vegas, a uh, very fascinating lady with a, with a long legacy uh, in in Southern Nevada. You know, why was this the story that you chose for your favorite story of the year that you got to do? 
Well, the story actually, like the process began, I would say, in I think June. So I worked on it for a very long, long time. Also, it was a great way to get kind of more involved in Southern Nevada local politics. As you know, Joey, I really like local politics. I'm trying to cover it more. There's a lot to cover, so I know there's a lot of gaps, but this was kind of a way to get to know more of the key players in Southern Nevada politics and in a fun package like a profile. And Carla, you and me actually have uh, some really fun stories planned for the new year as well uh, when it comes to Nevada. Yeah, definitely. We have, I don't want to give too much away because things always change, but lots of local government, community, and just all around fun stories coming. All right. Well, I am here with sometimes podcast co-host and always wonderful higher education and politics reporter Jacob Solis. I did a lot this year. I was in Carson City for a few months. That was pretty wild. I got to cover Formula One for its first Vegas Grand Prix since the 1980s, which was insane, frankly. But my favorite story is actually a higher ed story. And I think it's one that's really important. And that's why it's my favorite, because UNR started putting programs in Las Vegas high schools to help high schoolers get dual credit with UNR professors. That sounds like a relatively uncontroversial thing. So it's crazy then, right, that a bunch of colleges in Southern Nevada are actually really upset about it. I won't say more about why. You should go read the story. (laughs) But I got to follow Brian Sandoval, the president of UNR and former governor of Nevada, around a Henderson high school to find out exactly why they do it exactly why high schools signed up for this. And I talked to a bunch of folks about why there's all this internal tension. And frankly, you should read that story. And then you should go read a Q&A, also linked in our best of story, where I talked to the outgoing chancellor at the time, Dale Urquiaga, about a bunch of problems that he sees with the Nevada system of higher education. And I think both these stories kind of dovetail into maybe some of the biggest issues that are going to affect higher ed for the next 10 years. All right, cool. And if you want to find that story, The headline is Challenges Emerge as UNR Continues Expansion of Dual Credit Program into Southern Nevada. And that was uh, published on August 25th of this year. So next up is environmental reporter Amy Alonzo. Amy, welcome to the podcast. My favorite story from this year was heading out on a roundup of wild horses in eastern Nevada with our videographer, Tim Leonard. It was really neat to get to spend a couple days watching what the horse advocacy groups and the BLM go through from the government side, the steps that they go through to try to maintain what they believe is a healthy population. And then also just the steps that the horse advocacy groups go through to try and hold the BLM accountable. Wild horse gathers are a really controversial issue in Nevada. After I wrote that story, I got so many emails from people literally from around the world. I got me emails from people in Europe now, on both sides of the issues. Some people thought it was the best story I'd ever read. Some people absolutely hated it and felt <laughs> like I was extremely biased one way or the other. And whether or not they loved it or hated it, I think it's important to kind of try to fuel that conversation and hopefully just kind of get people to think about the issue a little more. Yeah. And that story was called uh, It Will Never End. Long a symbol of the West, debate rages over wild horse management. Uh, That was a great story, Amy. And we're going to jump over to uh, videographer Tim Leonard now, uh, who I think might have a similar favorite story that he got to do this year. So we'll listen to that next. Thanks. (music) 
I'm here with our visual content editor, video producer, photo magician extraordinaire, Tim Leonard. Probably the favorite piece that I worked on this year was a story about wild horses and a roundup out in eastern Nevada. Our environmental reporter, Amy Alonzo, brought me into the story to make a video, but it was really cool because I got to get introduced to this topic that I really didn't have any expertise in. Amy's very well-sourced and has been following this for a long time, so she kind of brought me up to speed. But we got to travel out to Wells and stay there and meet up with representatives from the BLM who were conducting a gather. And gathers are kind of controversial because they use helicopters. They can be dangerous for the wild horses, dangerous for the people operating them. And so there's a bunch of different activist groups that are paying really close attention to these gathers because of an affinity for the horses and, you know, how they are treated. And so the BLM brings them out to these gathers so they can observe. And that's what we went to. But the cool part about the story was we got to kind of hear from all sides of the issue, but it was really cool to talk to a bunch of people who are very passionate about horses and all coming at it from different angles. Awesome. So yeah, that video, if you want to go watch the video, read the story, the video is titled The Battle Over How to Manage Nevada's Wild Horses, and it was published on August 27th of this year. Next up, we are talking with DC reporter Gabby Bierenbaum. Yeah, so I did a two-part series that came out in August about the history of public lands in Nevada and sort of the congressional nexus of how Congress was able to have such a large impact on the way that Nevada's lands are structured the way they are, how various growth patterns, especially in the Las Vegas Valley, have been enabled by these public lands laws, and then just sort of the inside baseball of how these laws got passed. And it was a lot of fun. It was a project that took me, I think, about seven or eight months and involved talking to a lot of people. I think when you do a story focused on history, especially stuff that happened 20 plus years ago, people are a lot more willing, to be honest, and just to say, oh, this person pissed that person off and here's what I really think. So that aspect of it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of chatter about Harry Reid in these stories. And I, I find it fascinating because it's just kind of one of those things you don't think about. And it seems kind of mundane on the surface. And then you start re learning about it and reading about it. And you're like, wow, this is very dramatic and very complicated. <laughs> yeah, I, I really came to it because when I first started reporting on Nevada, it felt like public lands were intersecting with so many of the stories I did. And just the ownership that the Bureau of Land Management has all over Nevada kept coming up in stories about the military and stories about housing. And it made me wonder why. And it ended up being this, you know, months long journey into the depths of like Harry Reid's papers and specifics of land use and White Pine County and all types of random stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And those two stories came out in August. The, the first one is called Conservation and Development. Nevada's unique public lands process draws renewed attention. And the second one is called Phenomenal Boon, How Nevada's Signature Public Lands Law Ushered in Growth Conservation. Alrighty, well, next up, talking about their favorite story is reporter Eric Nugelborn. Thanks for having me, Joey. So my favorite story that I worked on this year was a story I worked on over the summer about a $80 million project that Nevada officials had worked on for years and years this is a really big IT project then. And it ultimately got completely canceled at the beginning of this year. So the story kind of dove into what that project was and how exactly it went so wrong. So this, the project was essentially a way to have uniform human resources and finance systems across the state. Those systems are, are really outdated and cause a lot of employee headaches. So the state 
was doing what a lot of other states have been doing, which is trying to modernize that system. And they even started talking about this project about a decade ago. So it was a big investment by the state, and it eventually was just a complete failure. So earlier this year in March, Governor Lombardo completely scrapped the project, and there was nothing to show for it. So some of the progress that they had been made was rolled back in the following months, and they were in the same place where they started about 10 years ago. So the story really dived into what exactly went wrong, and it was really interesting to, to see what happened and also to get the perspectives of project employees who actually very much disagreed with the decision to cancel the project. They acknowledged that it had not gone as planned, but said that last year with some organizational changes, they had turned a corner only for the entire effort to be scrapped. If people that are listening want to read the story, the headline is Destined to Fail, How Nevada's $80 million HR Finance System Upgrade Went Haywire, and that went out on uh, July 16th. Next up, in no particular order, we've got reporter Sean Galanka. Hi, Joey. I'm going to start this super broad because, well, this is your podcast, but it's also our podcast, and we can say what we want, right? And I'm just going to say, you know, covering the legislature, uh, being, I, I live in Southern Nevada normally, but I got to live in Carson City for five months at the start of this year, experiencing the snow and just the craziness that comes with a legislative session. Yeah, so I, I'm just, you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and say that because I think it was a blast, certainly exhausting, but a blast to, to cover a legislative session in this very weird state that we call home. One specific story that I worked on during the session, but was, you know, I guess only somewhat related to the session. I basically worked on a story looking at the new Tesla Gigafactory expansion up at the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center. That was just a really fun story because you're combining like all of the weird elements that go into Trick, like these major billion dollar companies with these massive factories at the largest industrial park in at least North America. And you're also throwing around hundreds of millions of dollars in tax incentives. And so there's a lot of political complications. And so yeah, it was just a fun story to really explain like all of the competing dynamics going on in, in that Tesla Gigafactory expansion yeah, yeah, that story came out March 2nd, and the, the headline was, What Tesla's Multi-Billion Dollar Gigafactory Expansion Means for Nevada. Okay, next up on the Best Of podcast is reporter Tabitha Mueller. I love writing about politics. I love writing about policy. And I think that's the reason that this story that I really enjoyed working on, which is kind of about this new law expanding autism coverage to adults. And in that, one of the things that I think is important to note is that even though people with disabilities make up about 13 percent of the state's population and represent the second largest minority population here, people with disabilities are often singled out. They're not fully integrated into society. Um, and rarely do we see their voices centered in the news. And so I really appreciated the opportunity to speak with Corey Ward and her family about the challenges adults with autism face. And it was super cool because photojournalist David Calvert actually traveled out to rural Nevada and captured Doug's daily life, allowing us to frame the story visually in a way that I don't think that many news orgs get a chance to do. And, and I'm really hoping that that piece is kind of 
one of many that we're going to do in the future surrounding issues affecting communities with disabilities and ensuring that we include people with disabilities in these policy discussions. Yeah. And people that are listening want to read the story is called Autism is Lifelong. Advocates say new law expanding autism coverage to adults will make a difference. And that was published on September 3rd. All right. Well, we've got through everybody on staff. Alex, you are the last person we're talking to as my co-host for for many months now. I want to know what your favorite piece is that you got to work on this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it is hard to choose because I've loved reporting for the Indy and I especially have loved just learning about Nevada and all the amazing news going on here in the different communities. I've worked a lot with Carly Savageau and one of my favorite pieces we actually did this year was for Thanksgiving. It was our Thanksgiving piece we did on the community food pantry. And I especially like that piece because it garnered like a lot of attention and I think it actually made an impact in our community. That was just really exciting to be a part of. Yeah, it was a great piece. I think a lot of people heard it and I think that it's one of those things where sometimes you can get kind of cynical in this job and, and sometimes reporting on stuff like this can give you some a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah, and I think we can forget during the holidays there, that there are a lot of people that are like in need and mm-hmm. food insecurity is a big issue here in Nevada along with like mental health and, and these sort of issues. So When we can shine a light on that and like come together as a community, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And Alex, I also, with this very bittersweet episode for you and me, this is your actually your last episode as my co-host. Your internship has has come to an end. You've been amazing as a co-host and an intern, and you've done some amazing reporting. And if you're listening to this and you're hiring, Alex is uh, looking for jobs. So uh, (laughs) hire Alex. (laughs) Yes, I am now a freelance journalist. Yeah, I'm so sad. I've learned so much. You're a great mentor. And I just love audio storytelling. So for our listeners, like for our community, thank you. I think podcasting is super important, especially in news. I think it's a great way to tell community stories using like actual sound and interviews. And I will miss, I will miss you all. Well, hopefully you'll be back on, you know, maybe as a freelancer in the, in the future. And who, know, who knows what the future holds, right? It's always, it's always <laughs> interesting. So hopefully, hopefully we'll hear you on the pod again. Yes. Well, Alex, I guess for the uh, the last time, let's let's jump into the outro here and uh, and say say goodbye to folks. So, Alex, take it away. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. We want to thank the whole Indie staff for being on this episode today. The show is produced and edited by me, Joey Lovato, along with Alex Kuro, and our editor is Michelle Rendells. And if you want to support the show, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. You can also email us at podcast at com. Our theme song is from Emily Pratt, and we have additional music from Storyblocks, June Pearson, and Joey. Thank you for listening to Indie Matters. I'm your host, Joey Lovato. And I'm your co-host for the last time, Alex Kuro. And we'll talk to you next year. <laughs>